Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast where we talk about The Nanny, the hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I am Shondi Pasquale here with my co-host. Maria Sheffield. That's right. And this week we're talking Having His Baby, season three, episode 10 of The Nanny. I don't know why I said it with such gravitas. Yeah, that was good. I liked it. It got me very present. Um, Someone's going to (laughs) die. Tonight on 60 Minutes. Um, Tonight on Dateline. Um, Well, Fran, and this is the episode where Fran considers having a baby through a donor. Having my baby, what a lovely way to say you care. Is that what the title is an allusion to, you think? I actually don't know. I Having just his baby. I think that's what it is. Uh, but it's got to be. It's got to be. be. It's got to um, be. And so this episode starts off with something which I thought was pretty interesting, which is Fran gets some mail, and it is the birth announcement of Danny and Heather Biblo's baby. And there had been reference to the fact that she was pregnant during the shopping addiction episode. But- it's like the only continuity this show really does <laughs> is like, like hardcore tracking of the Biblo. Yeah, like they can't keep track of the Sheffield's family's ages, but we always know what's up with Heather. And also, and honestly, it's like, why do a random hairdresser spinoff show? Why not give us the Biblo show? I know we talked about this. Oh, when we the covered Biblo it, show. But why not give us the Biblo show? And it's about like Fran's ex and Heather Biblo running the the, the, bride- the bridal the shop. shop. Like yeah. it, it it writes itself. We got to get Peter back on because I need <laughs> to specifically ask why. Why did you guys not do the Heather Biblo show? Well. But what I'll say, though, about this episode is that I thought an interesting thing was that you I was expecting Fran to have some kind of like meltdown or big emotional reaction. But we have truly, truly seen that Fran has totally turned a corner on the Danny chapter of her life. She doesn't have any negative feelings. And if anything, she's like looks at it and she's like, oh, Niles, like, doesn't this make you want to have a baby? Like, you know, she, she's just, she's over it. And if anything, she, I think she ends up sending them a little gift, like, you know, early in the episode as well. Um, but this is kind of kicks off this episode where it's, it's Fran starts to get a little baby fever. Mm-hmm. Um, but not before making a lot of jokes about how hairy this baby is. <laughs> it's a really ugly baby. They yeah. really, they hard as they, they, they establish and then reestablish that the baby is ugly. <laughs> yeah, like a little, like maybe like a little dog baby. Like that, well, there's yeah. an illusion that it's like very, very hairy. Yes. And, it, and Niles goes, what's his name? And then uh, Fran opens the card and goes, Judy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's but, a weird little dog, like girl baby. Yeah. <laughs> like a hairy girl baby. Yeah. And, and well, Fran's like, oh, Niles, don't you ever just wish you could have one of your own? You know, wash them, put them to bed, put Vig's vapor rub on their chest when they're sick. And then Mr. Sheffield walks in and Niles goes, I already have one. <laughs> um, and then we cut to the next scene. And I thought this was really funny. Mr. Sheffield approaches Fran and he's like, Miss Fine, like I decided you're doing such a great job. Here's a gift certificate to Saks. Like take the afternoon and go on a shopping spree. And she's instantly like, a famous person is coming over, isn't isn't there? Or like, is there gonna be a famous person? And he's like, Yep. And I just laughed that um she wields so much power in the house that he can't just tell her to leave or to like not uh, be around. He has to sort of like somehow trick her and lure her out of the house. <laughs> 
Yeah. But she, well, she instantly, like, she sniffs it out and the doorbell rings. She answers it and it's actress Donna Dixon, who is. Yeah, well, well, it's, it's, it's Monica Baker, the movie star played by uh, Donna Dixon, who is. She's Dan Aykroyd's wife, which is cool. But I, I felt I was going to say like who's famous for being Dan Aykroyd's wife, but she's really not. She was in Bosom Buddies, which was a huge sitcom in the eighties, um, and then she like played like Wayne and Garth's hot blonde dream woman in Wayne's World. That's like probably a big role for her. She keeps popping up when Garth hears uh, "Oh, dreamer." <laughs> I believe like it, it's that scene. She plays that girl. She oh. like appears several times. And then I think they get together at the end of the movie. Um, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. She, she, you know, and she's like a very beautiful woman. And yeah. uh, we were just talking about this actually before we started recording. It's like really nice that she got with Dan Aykroyd. Cause Dan Aykroyd is like, you know, he's kind of an awkward geeky guy. Yeah, and they clearly like had nerd. this. Yeah. He's a nerd. And they've clearly had this very happy marriage and they actually got together on Dr. Detroit, which is how Fran met both of them. So yeah. they've been like, you know, decades long friends. But yep. it's again established that she's Monica Baker, famous actress. And Fran gets to talking to her in the living room, like before Mr. Sheffield joins. And uh, Monica Baker reveals that she has a baby, but she had the baby through a sperm donor. And Fran at first was like, oh, you know, I don't think that would be for me. You know, I, I basically want a husband so I can, you know, blame him for making me miserable. And Monica Baker's like, well, you know, I thought that too. But then I decided I wanted to have a baby before I started looking like my mother. And that very much resonates with Fran because <laughs> she had said earlier to Niles, like, you know, I want to get married and have a baby before I start looking like my mom. And this line made me laugh. Um, Monica Baker's like, Oh yeah, like you know, I went to a, a sperm bank and I, I chose a rugged type, a donor who loves adventure and dirt biking. And Fran goes, "Wow, do they have any Jewish guys?" <laughs> but but she's also yeah, so she's like clearly intrigued. You know, this is planting yeah. a seed in her mind. Would you ever do this? Uh if I if I wanted a kid badly enough, I think I would. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I may, I might adopt. I like the idea of adoption too. Yeah, that's what Elizabeth always says if, when 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 asked for something like that. You know, I'm like, if I couldn't have kids, would you want to like do something like this? And she's like, I think I'd rather adopt. Like at that point. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's something. I think there's probably something really cool about seeing like your dad's eyes or something, or like your so so and so's mannerisms in. Yeah. A little kid, but yeah. I mean, hey, what if that kid just ends up looking completely like that sperm donor's family, and they'd be stranger, yeah. a virtual stranger anyway? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like a lot of that is all learned behavior, anyway. You know, I guess so. Well, sometimes you got a little clone baby. <laughs> I get. I mean, like my niece acts very similarly to me, but like, <laughs> like a total asshole. <laughs> like a total. Yeah, she's really entitled. <laughs> <laughs> She's a real entitled piece of shit, that kid. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, she's great. And she's like a little like weird funny baby. Oh. But and like I but so like I mean, I guess that's an argument for like because like I don't live there. So like I don't know where she learned that. But like my sister, my mom, like everyone's like, yeah, she's like a little weird little clone of you. It's very strange. Yeah. You're like, she certainly didn't learn it from them. They're they're not funny at all. They're not funny. They're 
They're so boring. Also, funny baby sounds like the prequel to funny girl. My sister's an accountant. How funny could she be? That's true. That's true. Yeah, I like um, it. Uh, uh, but funny I, baby. <laughs> we should write a prequel, an animated prequel. Funny baby. Um, funny. How'd you get so funny? Um, but anyway, long way of saying that, uh, yeah, Fran is kind of starting to ball this over. Yeah. And in the next scene, she's in the kitchen with Val. Um, mm-hmm. And she's, she's talking it over with Val. I loved, I loved this scene. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought it was funny. We had a funny, well, because Gracie's there too, and they're getting her ready for some sort of like Thanksgiving Day, like Pilgrim's costume. And at one point, Fran's like, Gracie, do you think I'd make a good mommy? And Gracie goes, yeah, it's easy. And then she goes, Fran, like, why don't you have a husband? Yeah, so, yeah. She, so clearly, um, Madeline Zima is doing a Sylvia impersonation. Sylvia, she nails it, too. She nails it, and the audience loves it. And then I noticed in the next episode, she does – or no, in the previous episode, rather, uh, she did a – Fran impersonation or the one where uh, Mr. Sheffield's mom came to visit. So I'm like, did they just realize that like this little girl was really good at impersonating Fran and Sylvia and now yeah. they're just like writing it in? Yeah. And it's great. It's hilarious. Yeah. I, lo- I, I love I loved that. But I also, I really love that happens. And then they start talking about, Fran and Val starts talking about being pregnant and and she's, you know, and Fran's like, I don't know, like, if I can, like, do it, like, give birth is is essentially what she's saying, mm-hmm. you know? And Val's trying to, like, calm her down. Yeah. <laughs> and in the background between them is Niles, like, murdering a turkey. <laughs> like, he's, like, shoving his fist inside of it and, like, violently yanking its guts out. And, and then, then like, like, grabs some scissors to, like, he, like cut s- into it. He, like, slaps the turkey really hard. Yeah, and then he yeah. picks up, like, these giant sears, uh, shears and he's going to, like, snap into the, the guts of the Yeah, yeah, basically simulating <laughs> what it's like when a doctor delivers a baby it was like horrific it was great Um, it was very funny yeah yeah um but you know she you know throughout all of this Fran still is kind of like you know I I think I want to look into this and did you notice that Val had this line where she goes well you know like it's your body like it's completely up to you do you think that that was like a slight progressive like it was yeah it was was, your body your choice yeah there you know it was slipped in it was obviously you know in the context of if you want to have a baby not if you want to have an abortion (laughs) but it was still you know i that that sort of felt like in a good way like a dog whistle you know i agree yeah it was a positive dog whistle which listen not all dog whistles can be bad because sometimes they bring actual little dogs that's true sometimes those dogs might bite you but true but sometimes they might just be little cute puppers um adorable uh, little puppers (laughs) the woofers anyway long way of saying fran we keep going on these tangents here audience we insisted we keep it short and sweet today and if anything it's short and sweet we're like we're like blowing through this episode we're only like 12 minutes into this thing Okay, We're absolutely fair. rocketing through this. Okay, so let's keep talking about because dog now things. they go to the sperm bank. Uh, well, wait, do they go? Oh, yeah, is so the next scene the sperm yeah. bank already? Okay. Val and Fran go to the sperm bank, and we get a great. There's a great. This is also like a great scene because. We're sort of continuing with the idea that like Fran is going to do this, you know? And we're so like, they, look, she's looking into it. She's figuring it out yeah. if it's for her. And so they get handed a, a menu, 
basically of mm-hmm. like donors and they we get like a good back and forth between Val and Fran as they like flip through the donor book yes. and kind of like judge the various men and like Fran has a great line where she turns to the nurse and she's like so is this like everything on the menu or do you have like a catch of the day <laughs> yes yes and so the nurse kind of clearly wants them out of there because they're yeah. pretty annoying the show, the show loves to send Fran and Val to any scenario where they can like just be slightly less classy than everyone else <laughs> yeah. and then like really play it up with like and then they have her do the like she gives the laugh and yeah you know, oh, well, it's great it was also funny because at the beginning of the scene Val goes wow it's so strange like just having this sperm bank right here in the mall and Fran <laughs> goes it used to be a Siemens furniture. They only had to change one word on the sign. <laughs> um, and then, so yeah, the, they decide to take the menu home with them because the nurse is sort of like, why don't you just take this and go? Um, at which point the button on that scene is they, uh, instead of leaving through the exit, they clearly <clears throat> accidentally walk into a donation room where a man, we can assume is masturbating to a cop. Yeah. And um, Fran- What else go- would be happening in there? I got, you're right. You're right. I don't know what else. Um, but so Fran runs out. She goes, oh my God. She's like, Val, are you as embarrassed as I yet? And then she looks and Val's still in the room. <laughs> and she, she's like, Val. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's a good bit. Good bit. It's a good bit. Um, and so then we got back to the mansion. Mr. Sheffield is in his office with Niles and Cece. Niles and Cece are bickering as usual, like ribbing each at each other. And Mr. Sheffield basically is like, you know, we don't get any work done because the two of you never shut up. Yeah. And there is this nice little There's moment. a very concerning beat, at least to me, from a story standpoint, where he's like really worried about them not making money. He seems like genuinely stressed and they're not taking it seriously at all. And for like a brief moment, I was like, Oh no, are they gonna lose everything? Is that what this is building to? And then I was like, Oh no, this was all just a setup for him to be like, Stop bickering, you two. Yes, yes. <laughs> like- yeah. But it was funny because even though they had they'd been totally at odds with each other like just a second before, as in Niles and Cece, as soon as Mr. Sheffield yells at them both, they both go, excuse me for living. And then, you know, yeah. like Niles is like, well, I guess I'll just leave. And then they kind of like grumble out together, yeah. which I thought was kind of like an interesting little shift in their dynamic where even though they still fight, it's slightly becoming like they're a little alliance yeah. now. It's in a partnership. Term- yeah. Um, is this ter- the one where they're listening in or is that the next one? We no, it's this remember. one. It's this it one. It is this one. Yeah, yeah. This so, was a great. I loved all of this. Yeah. So they like grumble out together. Yeah. And then Fran enters and she and he's like, oh, it's fine. I'm very busy. And she's like, okay, okay. I just, you know, I just want to run something by you. And he's like, I really don't have time. And she's like, what would you say if I wanted to have a baby? And then yeah. he's instantly like, he like presses the buzzer and he goes, Niles, hold my calls. <laughs> and then he goes, <laughs> he goes, why? And he's like, mind your own business. And he goes, sorry, sir. And then uh, the line goes dead, but then we hear it pop back on again. And Niles <laughs> is whispering, this is how, this is the button you press so that we can hear them, but they can't hear us. And he's like, or is it this one? And then Cece's like, no, it's this one, you jackass. And then Fran just goes, it's the red one. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Mr. Sheffield pulls the plug out from under the desk. <laughs> yes, yes. But just this idea that like, A, they all eavesdrop on him constantly. Constantly. But that's this constantly. idea that like Niles and Cece um, have gone, even though like they 
still are like they're not enemies anymore it's almost like they're frenemies now so they're at least trying to team up to hear what's going on <laughs> Ooh, frenemies that's great you should copyright that yeah i think that in humble brag <laughs> <laughs> oh rest in peace Iris Whittles. oh i know but so anyway Fran is like, I'm, you know, not getting any younger. And I'm thinking I want to have a baby through a donor. And he's like, oh, okay. Donor, she- I barely know her. That's what he <laughs> says. Wait, can we also establish real quick? She's talking about a donor that she wants. And it it's alluded to that she's talking about him. But she says he's 41. And I went, wait. Mr. Sheffield's only 41 years old. <laughs> no, but this is the thing. Sometimes he's 43. Sometimes he's 42. Now he's 41. I think okay. he was like- But no matter how old he is, Mr. Sheffield's only in his early 40s. I think we've talked about this before. I like- like well, early. It blows me away every time. Yeah. He seems a lot- Oh, oh God, that is weird. You know what? Even though I was just about to say that's not weird, that's your age. Dude, basically. I'm turning 41 on the 27th of this month. <laughs> Has it already been a year since your 40th? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my a God. I literally- Sean- Tony, we're on season three of this God, podcast. Hand to God, I would have said we had that party three months ago. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. And, we're, and we just started doing the podcast. But we haven't because we're on season freaking three. Oh my god, that's insane! <laughs> now we need to take a beat so that Sean and I can just like consider our own mortality. Stare into the middle distance. <laughs> consider our- that's what happened to me as soon as he said forty-one. All the sound dropped out, and like <laughs> this high-pitched like kind of whine started in the back of my head, and I just heard like forty-one, 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 forty-one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I'm older than Fran. Yep. Because we established she's 33. I forget. Yeah, 32 or 33. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's very bizarre. He's, he seems – I would put him at 47. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I even <laughs> – I went, oh, he's like closer to almost 50. Look at that gray hair. And then I like turned and looked in the mirror <laughs> and I went <gasps> – and I just let out like a guttural scream. God. And then, you know, eventually when we redo this podcast in our 60s, we're going to have repay, we're going to outpace them. When we redo this. Yeah, when we revisit it to see like how, how age and perspective has when we do When we do the reunion episode. Yeah. The, uh, oh, Mr. Sheffield Redux. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've aged, we're, they've stayed the same. We're getting the cast of, oh, Mr. Sheffield back together. What do you mean? You mean you and Tori are doing another episode? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're bored. Our grandkids don't call us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mine don't speak to me. <laughs> but so, where are we? Okay, so Fran is telling Mr. Sheffield that she is considering doing this through a donor. She is clearly just wanting to get his input on what he thinks about this as an idea. Mr. Sheffield, as an egotistical person, is assuming that she is implying she wants to ask him Correct. Be the donor because she's like you know he's handsome creative successful and so he's literally like oh um i'm gonna have to give this a lot of thought miss fine and she's like oh great you know because i really value your input <laughs> and he sort of has a like oh brother face uh so she leaves and 
uh, he literally goes, he, he swings open the door to his little balcony and he goes, Niles, what do you think? <laughs> because Niles is, <laughs> Niles is just standing there holding a leaf blower. <laughs> That's not even on. Yeah. Um, and so in the next scene, you know, Mr. Sheffield is agonizing about this with Niles and he's just like, you know, she, she clearly thinks it's me. And Niles yeah. is like, well, what makes you think that? And she's like, well, she said, handsome, like successful, creative. And Niles goes, did she also say, you know, uh, egotistical, ego- yeah. <laughs> yeah, cocky, couldn't find a laundry, couldn't find the laundry hamper um, if his <laughs> life depended on it. And then he's basically like, Miss Shove is like, you know what? No, we're going to need to call someone who can just rationally talk some sense into her. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We instantly cut to Niles and Mr. Sheffield in the living room with Sylvia. Sylvia, who was having a meltdown as usual, going like, I can't believe my own daughter didn't tell me I'm going to be an illegitimate grandmother. And and Niles goes, can I get you anything? And she's like, lunch. (laughs) And then he starts to walk out of the room and she's like, oh my God, oh my. Also, no fish. (laughs) So then Fran comes home and she's like, Ma, like, what are you doing here? And Sylvia's like, you know, they've told me your little plan. And, you know, I just want you to know that, you know, you think it will be easy peasy having a baby on your own, but like, that's because you're used to three grown kids. And, you know, this is, this is way harder than you think it's going to be. And, you know, she basically is, is trying to talk her out of doing this on her own. And at this point, Monica Baker comes back and she's holding her little baby. Oh, well, actually, I'll save my favorite. One of my favorite lines involves this, but I'll, I'll say it later. Yeah. But so she's holding like this, maybe like three year old little blonde boy. And she's like, oh, my nanny's sick. So I had to bring my son Zach with me. And Fran's like, well, you know, I can watch him for the day. Well, like yeah. you and Mr. Sheffield, you know, go on your meetings. And she kind of turns to her mother and Mr. Sheffield. And she's like, because, you know, like some people don't think I'm capable. So that sets off this like, Funny little part of the, you know, I don't know. We're, we're getting near the end of the episode it's already. The end. Yeah, basically yeah. we get like an, a montage where like the kid is in one of those little like car, like kid cars where he like uses his feet to like well, pedal for, around the well, room. Well, first she's feeding him SpaghettiOs and she's covered in SpaghettiOs. Yeah. And then she puts him in a little kid car and he and he destroys and he the runs house. around the whole house and she like chases him and like a vase falls and like, you know, then she... <laughs> 
then we get a scene where she's like singing to him to try to put him to sleep. And every time he she sings, he cries. And when she stops singing, he goes to sleep. Yes, yes. Which it's- honestly was like really good acting from that little kid. Like he he kept smiling. It was clearly like a game that he liked doing, but it was it was really cute how he did it every time. Like she even goes like. Eh, and he goes, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really, really funny. Yeah. Sing, yeah, singing a baby to sleep, but in the reverse, where, yeah. where your voice keeps them awake and your silence lulls them to sleep. Um, we also had a really funny CC joke in here because when he's in that, it's one of those little cars that like a lot of little kids have, where it's like you know your your feet are the engine. You literally are just walking around with your feet. Yeah. Um, it has like the Flintstone. It's like music. a Flintstone car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but at one point while he's running around the house. Um, there's like a he stops in front of something very suddenly and there's a sound effect of like brakes you know car brakes and then we see from his perspective cc kneeling down and she just goes coochie coochie coo (laughs) and then he literally like his hands goes to the side of his face and he screams in terror Like that's her effect on small children, which I loved. And then, um, did you did you notice that like as soon as he starts screaming, she like drops the friendly act and she rolls her eyes at him, like "Oh, yeah. screw you." I think she even mouths, "Oh, shut up." Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. Um, and so then we have like the end of that montage, and you know, Monica Baker's back, and Fran sort of hands him back off to her and says goodbye, and she's like, "Oh," and she's talking to Mr. Sheffield. She's like, "He's so adorable." And Mr. Sheffield's like, oh, so I guess that, you know, solidifies your decision to have a baby, right? And she was like, yeah, I'm I'm actually not going to do it. And he's like, really? And she's like, yeah, you know, because like I had a really great time with little Zachy. She's like, but when I was putting him to sleep and he was cuddling against me, I looked around and I realized there was no one to share it with. And he, I thought this was actually a really sweet moment. He was like, I know what you mean, Miss Fine. Because like, and I was like, oh, sometimes we forget, like he is a widow and, yeah. you know, oh, it's just really heartbreaking when you think of it in that yeah, way. Yeah, it was pretty sad, right? Yeah, like just yeah. having all these moments that then you don't get to share with that other person. Like it honestly, like it does like kind of like it hits me in the stomach sometimes when in this show. But she's like, you know, so I want to do this like with a partner when I finally do it. And then he's like. Well, Miss Fine, I, I have to say I'm relieved. You know, uh, you know this would have this would have been hard, awkward for me. And she was like, "Wait a second, do you think that I was asking you to be the donor?" And he's like, "Uh, no, no." But he's like clearly then kind of disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, there's that uh, funny little beat where she's like, "Oh, like Mr. Sheffield, like if I'm gonna have a baby with you, like you're gonna have to do it the old fashioned way." And he's like, "Marry you?" And she's like. Oh yeah, that too. And then it's like kind of like a funny little thing. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and there's also a great beat where when, when the kid had been in the little car, he had knocked over a vase. And um, in that scene, in this last scene, she's like, uh, Mr. Sheffield, uh, you know that vase out in the foyer? And he's like, oh, the Picasso? And she's like, uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> like, like, the kid had destroyed a Picasso. Yeah. Um, Okay, and like that was that was the episode. I feel like we breezed right through it, but it was a breezy. It was it was a pretty simple episode. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there wasn't a lot of moving parts, um, but there was some really funny stuff, which we should talk about in segments. Yeah, but I will just say this: I think it yes. was nice because it was fun. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> uh, I suppose. I almost um, threw us to segments. Yeah, I had to hit the brakes on the segments button. Go on. Um, it was nice because it it was very funny and light, but also some you know serious 
character, emotional, interior stuff when you actually take a step back. Um, you know, an episode about if Fran is gonna potentially have a baby and like where she is in life. So I think I like yes, it. I'm yes, and it. and I thought even specifically at the very end that exchange between her and Mister Sheffield was sort of like the first time. It's like that they've kind of you know he he's like marry you and then you see him sort of like consider that for a second you know and then she's like yeah sure that too and it's it's cute it's cute yeah. it's a really mm-hmm. cute cute bit yeah. um all right segments segments and now segments so segments yeah no I think we should move on to segments I to say we can move on to our segments and now segments segments uh with Sean and Toria. <laughs> Um, so one of my favorite lines is when Fran is considering having a baby, she's like, Niles, what do you think? And he's like, oh, I don't know, Miss Fine. I don't think I could envision you in a moo-moo. And she's like, ugh, trust me, when that baby comes out, he'll have Dawn and Karen control imprinted on his forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning that she'll be, she'll She'll be wearing control top pants the whole pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Pantyhose to the point where the baby will be imprinted. (laughs) Made me laugh. Um. And then my other favorite, favorite laugh out loud line, out loud line was uh, when Mo- Monica Baker comes in and sees Brighton. She goes, cute son. And Fran goes, oh, he's not mine. If he were, he'd have big hair and a lifetime membership to Weight Watchers. <laughs> <laughs> Just the idea that like you're already knowing that about yourself and your yeah, offspring. And your, and your lineage. Yeah. Maybe laugh. Yeah. Um, I... I liked both of those. I my my favorite bit in the whole show though was we we kind of didn't talk about it, but it's it's right before Mr. Sheffield is going to talk to Niles about like more in depth about this whole baby thing. Niles is in the hallway dusting like this old painting and Mr. Sheffield's like in his office and he's sort of like is hiding like he's like trying to keep a low profile and he just kind of whispers into the hallway he's like hey Niles and Niles like stops dusting the painting and sort of looks at it as if to like question, did the painting just talk to me? <laughs> and then he sort of like looks around like, oh no, am I going crazy? Well, because then, <laughs> then the Mr. Sheffield goes, help me. Yeah. yeah. And then Mr. Sheffield goes, help me. <laughs> and Niles is like, what the fuck is happening? But also, mind you, I was like, Niles is not that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Because it was, it was so, it was like, okay, what is the scenario playing out here? Is Niles think he's really being spoken to by a ghost? Is Niles, like, what I thought he was playing was like, Niles is worried he's going insane. Oh, okay. Well, and I was- that's why I think it, I liked it so much because I, that was what I got from that performance was him, the way he looked around was, I, I felt was selling more of like, oh no, am I losing my mind? Like, that would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was a, it was a very funny beat and it was one of those great like you know there was a way to do that exact scene with no jokes but yeah. i love the um, little extra joke in there yeah um for unit oh did you have any more sorry no that was it i'm out yeah oh and i also i we already talked about it but i loved the scene where cc and niles were trying to eavesdrop and failing <laughs> Um, with like the buttons. Yes, that yeah. that whole exchange that was probably my favorite exchange, but we had mm-hmm. kind of covered it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, that that whole that whole back and forth. It was it was the real capper on that was Fran going, "It's the red button." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't hear any Yiddish in this episode. I didn't catch any. Same. 
Yeah, no Yiddish, which is okay. It happens. It happens. Sometimes we have episodes chock full of Yiddish. So yeah, and sometimes it balances not. out. Yeah. Um, okay. For Nanny Trivia, I looked up what the average price of a Picasso sculpture would be. Oh, right. Because the vase, we should say that the, we, we find out in the end, she's, you yeah, know, the, that the, the, the vase that he broke was a Picasso. <laughs> So, okay, according to um, – Which author- is ridiculous. <laughs> well, but we always say there's so – like we always say like how much – Ridiculous. Like how many assets are in that yeah. hole. But also um, why would it just be – it's like not secured in anything. It's just like on a random ped- – like I don't know. He has kids. Seems like a dumb way to, to display it. Okay, but go ahead. Um, so how much was that base worth? they kids and they, you know, they only – they don't do anything crazy. True. Um, well, according to auction track, the auction tracking firm Artnet, mm-hmm. the average auction sale price of a Picasso sculpture in 2014, at least, which is a while ago now, but it was basically a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, but 2014 is still like ten years after this show or whatever. Yeah. So. Well, I'm thinking like you know, we we can we can assume that that vase was like like between yeah. seventy five thousand and a hundred thousand dollars. Yes. Or, or maybe much. into into days month. Yeah, well, it's, maybe maybe that's why he has it out so like that. Yeah, I, no, that, that explains it. That, it because that's really not that based on what we've seen them imply that he does have. Like that's actually not that much. Like a hundred thousand dollars. I you feel like a couple you, million. That would now, be like a lot of money. Now you've really gone down the. You know how it's like when you're around people with money, you start <laughs> thinking like you have the money, and you're like, that's not that. <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying is, is like, if you had $2 million or more, $100,000 of that $2 million would, you'd still have like $1.8 million. So you're, you're not impressed. I thought, I thought, I was like, wow, that's a lot. I, I mean, I mean, it's a very, like, I wouldn't spend that amount of money on anything. I don't think, like, certainly not on art. But I get why, like, now I get more why like, they were like, yeah, sure. It's like, uh, you know, on display, but it's not like priceless. It's not like a $2 million sculpture. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Or okay. like a $15 million, like, you know, Picasso original or some crap, okay. you know? That's fair. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. Because that, that was my first thought was like, oh my God, like, it's, it's got to be worth millions. But like, yeah, it's $100,000. You're like, all right, well, I mean, okay. I guess, I guess if you could afford it, you can afford to replace it. Um, you do know. you think that the writer's room had this exact conversation? Doesn't that cost less than a te- than a Tesla? I mean, right? Hundred thousand yeah. dollars is less than than a Tesla costs. Yeah, but if someone crashed my Tesla, I'd be upset too. Tom has a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, but Tom t- could have bought a Picasso, is what I'm saying. He made a huge mistake. I know. We should tell him. Right. Um, and then, <laughs> and then for the Fran or the CC, I said. I think we're both the friends. I think kids really like us. From what I know, I'm definitely you, I'm, the friend. I have baby fever, baby. So I don't think I have baby fever. Well, no, I think I am the friend where it's like, you know, if I have them, I know now it's not the right time. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, when I, I mean, I love little kids. I know you do. I, I forget why that got brought up in my house the other day, but somehow, I forget what it was, but Elizabeth 
was like, is Tori good with kids? And I was like, yeah, dude. She's always like with her like weird cousins and nephews in Australia and shit. Like she loves babies. <laughs> Tori loves babies. Well, but you know what? I don't – I never really thought about it until they started popping up in my family. I was never that little right. kid that imagined them. But it's like when but I when, – Do when you I thought, love them as like an aunt who gets to come for a couple of days and dip? I'm sure that's part of it, but that very morbid part of me was definitely like, oh my God, if anything ever happened to my sister and my brother-in-law, like God forbid, God forbid, like I would 100% take my niece. Like, you know, like it's not like literally when I left, I was like crying in the airport. Sure. Yes. You love them, but that's, that's easy to say and different than like. Like, do you think you could spend three weeks alone with <laughs> those children and be like, yeah, I still want to have kids? That's the real question. Oh, because you know, I'll tell you, it's tough. Like, I, I went home and took care of my niece and was like playing with her and it was also fun. And then like one day Shane was like, I have to go to work. Would you want to watch? And I was like, yes. And she's like, are you sure it's the whole day? And I was like, yes, done. Let's do it. And like I showed up at like nine, and honestly, by three, I was like, I want to die. Like <laughs> I want this to be over. I love this kid, but I want this to be over. I, I and think- then Shane got home at five, and I was like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> like I had these same thoughts, and I think you know the key is, is what I said when I came back. I was like, that that's why parental love has to be so strong, like on an evolutionary level, because yeah. if you didn't love these kids on an irrational level, you could not actually deal with what they were doing to your life. Yeah. I mean, and even then think about like how many like people abuse their kids because of that, because even on the yeah. parental level, they're like, yeah. <laughs> but like to put up with the fact that like you're sleep deprived, you, you truly do not have a moment to yourself. Like I, yeah. I remember I was so naive thinking that like we could do the podcast while I was visiting my family. Like yeah, this kid insane. slept in my bed. She no. was, if she didn't sleep in my bed, she was like, you know, literally trying to break into the room at, like any, every minute of the day yeah. she would walk in while I was peeing. Like yeah, you, dude, you truly, you have, but, yeah, there is no such thing as like getting like, that's every time but, I go home, I'm like, I'm taking the week off of work. I'm not going to be able to do anything while I'm there. It's gonna be yeah. Crazy. But it's like, you know, I was like, yeah, that's, that's the key. Like the, the reason that we don't like, just like leave them on the side of the road is like that irrational biological, like love. Otherwise you'd be like, this fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> Screw this little creep. You know, yeah. That's, yeah. Because they really do like you're you're driven kind of insane and your yeah. life is a shit <laughs> all right well that's our thoughts on kids yeah. uh what else you got toria uh i think that's it all right because we did fran or cc that was fran or cc yeah, all right well I- listen we this was an episode that i think we both really enjoyed it was funny like it it wasn't overly complex but like it it was a winner this was a winner um Season three so far, I really like. I think it's interesting that we're getting more, um, more of an examination of like where Fran is. Like, this is also like I think the first episode where she acknowledged she's like in her thirties. You know? No, no, no. Remember, we got the started. Oh, where she acknowledged. Where she it, like, acknowledged, like I'm in my early thirties. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she's always like, oh, I'm twenty eight. You know, or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it the, the, from that standpoint, it was also pretty interesting. I like this one. You, you do, What about you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was like, <laughs> it sounded like I was lying. <laughs> you know, they say you're yeah. 
pinches up when you yeah. when you are. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Um, no, no, I I liked it for the reasons that you know we stated. It was fun and light, but really hits um some good character interior life stuff. And if you like this episode. Let us know on social media. We're at oh Mr. Chef Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. No one ever talks to us on Twitter. Everyone, you all seem to be on Instagram. So maybe I'll just stop giving out the Twitter. It doesn't like it doesn't seem to be doing anything. No one cares. Yeah, they're Instagram. Or if you're on Twitter, tweet at us because we're tweet, lonely tweet. and insecure. <laughs> All right. Uh, and on that note, uh, also go uh, rate and review the podcast, uh, iTunes, or, or rather Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the things and all the places, and uh, love and hugs, as always, to the people that are subscribers to our mm-hmm. podcast on Anchor and are giving us, um, you know, uh, subscription fees every month. It's incredibly, incredibly nice. I hope we're not letting you down. I'll write more songs. I feel like that's the only thing I can contribute back. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'll write a new uh, weird song for something. A new jingle. Yeah, there's more of that coming up this season for sure. Yeah, more jingles. There is? Well, next week, is they're going to get their special. Oh, but their that's special. not next week because this will not. This will have aired weeks after that already happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this, this is going to be confusing. Now we have to do something for the next episode we record. Oh, Great. Great, Toria. Thanks a lot. You've just recovered from the last one. No. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, bye. Bye. The flashing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine.